Basketball teams are entering the final month of the regular season as they gear up for the playoffs. While some teams are locks to make the playoffs, like your Los Angeles Lakers and Los Angeles Clippers, others are still fighting for their opportunity to chase the trophy this summer. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting you in the center of the action with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in free bets. That sounds like a good deal to me. Turning $1 into $100 is simple. Pick any basketball team to win their next game, and if during that game the team of your choosing hits a three, you bring home $100 in free bets. It's that simple, folks. That's 100 to 1 odds on the team of your choosing to hit a three. They don't even need to win the game. This year, teams have been hitting threes at an unprecedented pace. So get in on all of the action with DraftKings Sportsbook before this offer ends. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free bets if the basketball team of your choosing hits a three. That's code TBPN to turn $1 into $100 in free bets for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. This is for new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. What's up, what's up, what's up, basketball fans? This is the L.A. Courtside Podcast, brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network, and I am your host, L.A. Ray. Wanted to start off this episode by playing a little clip, a little party music, a little parliament funkadelic for your ears to absorb today as the L.A. Lakers got some good news that uh, Anthony Davis will be coming back against the Dallas Mavericks tonight, Thursday night, the return of AD. Half of the super duo of the LA Lakers will return, and that is just wonderful, wonderful, wonderful news for the Lakers and the Laker fans, the Lake Show, Laker Nation. They've been waiting for weeks for Anthony Davis to return And this is the perfect time for him to return as there's only around three weeks left to go in the season, 14 or 16 or so games. Anthony Davis says he's feeling 100 percent and he's ready to go. He's ready to rock and roll. He's ready to ball, baby. And the Lakers desperately, desperately need 
half of that duo back at this point. And as far as LeBron James goes, he still has another probably couple of weeks, maybe two and a half weeks. But trust and believe he will be ready for the playoffs. If it were me, I may keep him all the way out until the playoffs start. No point in bringing him back too soon as the Lakers are pretty much treading water at this point at 35 and 23. They are number five in the Western Conference. And as far as them making up ground in the uh, in the Western Conference, they have the Denver Nuggets uh, directly in front of them. The Nuggets are sitting at 37 and 20. But I don't really like the Nuggets chances anymore uh, since they lost uh, Jamal Murray to the uh, torn ACL, which is uh, really, really bad news for Denver and really, really bad news for basketball. You want you want to see all the stars 100 percent healthy in the playoffs. And Jamal Murray is definitely a star, but it's only so much that the Joker can do. You know, they have Aaron Gordon over there now, but without Jamal Murray, I don't think the Denver Nuggets um, will pose that much of a threat to win the NBA championship for sure. They may win a first round matchup, but I don't see them doing too much more than that without Jamal Murray. Now the Lakers are sitting uh, roughly a couple of games, two and a half games behind the Nuggets for that fourth spot. And if the Lakers are able to uh, to catch the Nuggets before the end of the year and move up a spot, that'll be great. But what the Lakers don't want to do is go too much further down from the fifth spot. Behind the Lakers are the Portland Trailblazers, who are two and a half games uh, behind the Lakers. I don't think that the Trailblazers are going to catch the Lakers either. And then after that, you have the Mavericks and the Grizzlies and Steph Curry and the Warriors. Maybe this is another episode for another day, man. Have you ever seen anything like that? Dude is just putting up 40-point games, you know, 38, 39-point games, you know, six, seven games in a row. My goodness, is that the best shooter that you've ever seen in your life? Best shooter I've ever seen. And then after that, you have the Spurs and the the Pelicans um, on the outside looking in on that 11th spot. I've mentioned the Pelicans before. Uh, They just lost another game. I think Stan Van Gundy is uh, one of the most overrated coaches in the NBA. And that team just doesn't know how to close out games. But that is the uh, or there you have the standings in the Western Conference. Now, above the Lakers uh, or above the Nuggets, you have the uh, cross court rival Clippers, the Clip Joint, Clipper Nation, Clipper Holics. And I'll touch on them later on in this episode. They are sitting as the number three seed at 41 and 19. And they are playing excellent basketball, by the way. Uh, In my previous uh, couple of episodes, I mentioned that I believe the Clippers are right now anyway, the best team in the Western Conference. And that includes, yes, over the Phoenix Suns, who are sitting at number two at 41 and 16. Uh, They're one and a half games behind the Western Conference leader, Utah Jazz, who's pretty much been leading that conference for the entire year. They're sitting at 43 and 15 atop the Western Conference. Again, as far as the Phoenix Suns, without Chris Paul, um, I just don't think they're going to make that much noise. 
the, the whatever noise that they make is not going to be indicative of their Western Conference standings at number two. You would think that the Phoenix Suns at number two would uh, potentially make the Western Conference finals against the Utah Jazz. I don't think neither of these two teams will make the Western Conference finals, even though they're sitting at number one and number two. Uh, again, besides Chris Paul, uh, there's really no playoff experience on that team. Devin Booker, as great as he is, he doesn't have that playoff experience. Uh, they were in the, play, in the bubble playoffs last year, uh, did okay, but uh, this year I just don't see it happening for them. I think they need a couple more pieces. And then the Utah Jazz, uh, lately they've been having a couple of injury um, situations. Uh, you know, Donovan Mitchell was out couple of games he didn't play in that uh laker game but i just don't see them man they they were jacking up so many threes in that first uh laker game it was just unreal in that second laking uh laker game when conley came back uh they did not shoot as many threes they only shot 33 of them so not sure why that's the case but in any event i just don't see the utah jazz that's one of those Hey, I'm from Missouri. Well, I'm not really from Missouri. I'm from Michigan. But, uh, you know, people from Missouri say you got to show me the show me state. So until Utah Jazz shows me uh, that they are a legitimate threat, then I will just look at them as being a regular season basketball team with a very, very good record. Now, of course, I can be proven wrong, been wrong a thousand times before. We'll probably be wrong a thousand times again, but that's okay. That's just one man's humble opinion at this time. Don't see it from the Utah Jazz. But going back to your L.A. Lakers, again, they are sitting at 35 and 23. Now, I just mentioned that um, the two back-to-back games that they had against uh, the Utah Jazz where the first one that the Lakers won in overtime, 127 to 115, led by Andre Drummond with uh, 27 points and uh, Keith Morris led him in rebounds with with 12 in that particular game now the second Utah game is the one that the Lakers lost 111 to 97 and as I mentioned that's a game that Mike Conley came back he played uh, 29 minutes had a pretty good game with 14 points Donovan Mitchell did not play in that game Rudy Gobert uh, came back as well he did not play in that first uh, Utah game but he played in the second one he played 29 minutes and scored 14 points. Uh, the Jazz were led by uh, Bogdanovich with um, 19 points. He was 7 out of 12 from the field. That, that's one kid that can shoot the tray, man, big time. They have some players that can shoot the three. There's no doubt about it. But again, I just don't think in the playoffs when defenses tighten up that teams are going to allow Utah just to stand behind that three-point line and just jack threes up uncontested. Uh, Jared Ingles, he um, led Utah with 21 points. That's another guy that can shoot the three, man. He was 8 out of 11 from the field, 5 out of 8 from three-piece land. Dude was eating three-piece chicken dinners all night long, baby. Scored 21 points, 5 out of 8, again, from three-piece land. And uh, Jordan Clarkson, another guy, again, former Laker, 9 out of 14. This kid can ball too, man. Again, you know, great shooter. 9 out of 14 from the field. Two of four from three-piece land, he scored 22 points. So he he's the one that actually led them in scoring. Um, that was an error on my part. I said Ingles led them in scoring with 21, but actually Clarkson came off the bench. 
scored 22 points. Speaking of Clarkson, he is my choice for sixth man of the year. He's been coming off the bench uh, pretty regularly, well, all year long, but pretty regularly scoring 22 points, 20 points, 18, 19 points, playing just like he played in this particular game. Um, so, again, Utah, you know, 111 points um, the, the scored against the Lakers to their 97. Now, as far as the Lakers are concerned in that particular game, Kyle Kuzma had a pretty good game, 8 out of 13 for 17 points. But again, Kuzma was like minus 18 in the plus minus column. It seems like he leaves the team in plus minus uh, as far as the minus side pretty regularly. Is that an, an indictment of his uh, defense? So, you know, what happens when Kuzma's on the floor where, you know, he, he uh, pretty regularly ends up in the minus column. But in any event, it's, it's not like they, they don't need Kuzma out there. You got to have Kyle Kuzma out there, of course. And he played well in that game. Dennis Schroeder, 6 out of 11, also played well, 15 points. And KCP scored 15 points as well. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker is the player that led the Lakers uh, in the second game against Utah, scoring 24 points on 8 out of 13 shooting. Three of five from three-piece land. I tell you what, this kid, man, he is so inconsistent. But you have to remember that, again, he's only 20 years old. I've been saying this for so long. Hell, he might even be 21 by now. But he's no older than that. And all the energy that he has, if he can just har- – and he will. He will. If he can just harness that energy that he plays with out there, he gives 110%. There's no doubt about that. You can tell he's 20 years old the way he runs around that court. But there are some games where he he makes sort of like silly turnovers. Let's let's call it what it is: silly turnovers that he makes sometimes, and and sometimes he tries to do a little bit too much. But if he can harness that energy, harness that energy, and just keep improving just the little facets of his game, cut down on the turnovers, you know, take better shots. This kid is going to be a very very good player, very very good player. And he's going to play a prominent role in the playoffs. It's not like they're going to keep Taylor Horton Tucker on the bench. At least I don't think so. You have to you have to play him. And uh, the results are going to be the results. And I think uh, Coach Vogel is, you know, he has confidence in him. He's starting to get more confidence in him. His minutes have increased since the injury to uh, LeBron James. So he's getting plenty of experience. And again, if he harnesses all of that, harnesses that energy and that that 110 percent effort, focus a little bit more on what's going on around him on the basketball floor. He's going to be a very, very good Laker player for years to come. So, again, Laker fans, it's it's, it's starting to get down to the nitty gritty, baby. There's only like, as I mentioned, like maybe 14 or so games left. Only about three weeks left in the season. What do you think about LeBron James? Do you sit him for the rest of the three weeks just to make sure he's 100%? Do you bring him back, say, maybe the last couple of games of the regular season just to, you know, let him get his feet wet, you know, get a little acclimated to uh, to new teammate Andre Drummond and uh, and also Ben McLemore, for that matter, and, uh, and then just start rolling when the playoffs start? I think it should be the rest. Uh, uh, myself giving him rest, but we'll see. That's why they play, pay you know guys like Vogel and 
Palinka and all them guys. That's why they make millions of dollars, baby, to make those tough decisions. And you know LeBron James is a type of player that he's going to want to play. When that ankle, when that high ankle sprain is, is, is healed uh, 100% in his mind, or maybe even 90% with LeBron James, we know how competitive he is, he's going to want to play. So it's going to be up to the coaches to say, well, hey, Brian, let's just, let's, just, let's just sit down, man, until maybe the last game of the regular season, you know, just to let you play in that game just to get your feet wet a little bit. And then when the playoffs come calling, baby, it's time to ball. It's time to show everybody why you're the king and let's start doing your thing. And then the Lakers can start marching toward a possible repeat of the, uh, being the NBA champions. So we'll see how that goes. But again, uh, Laker fans, that's why I wanted to play that party music uh, on this first episode, Parliament Funkadelic from back in the day in the the, uh, 80s, baby, like the early to mid 80s. That was a jam. That was one of those songs, man, you'd be on a dance floor like forever. But you'd be fired up when that song comes on. So the Lakers fans, I know you guys are fired up, ready for AD to come back and start doing his thing. And then, of course, waiting for LeBron to come back and the playoffs to start. So I think the Lakers will be fine uh, when the regular season ends and then they're whole as a team and uh, start marching towards a second possible championship. Uh, With that, on my second segment, I want to talk about the uh, New York Knicks before I start uh, talking about the L.A. Clippers. Just want to briefly talk about the the New York Knickerbockers of the Eastern Conference. Before I start talking about the Knicks, just had to throw a little clip out there. Boogie Down Bronx, another one from back in the day, baby. That song was off the chain, off the chain back in the day. Now, of course, the New York Knicks, they don't actually play in the Bronx. But this was the closest uh, old school clip that I can think of that uh, has something to do with New York. I'm pretty sure there's a whole lot of New York Knicks fans that live in the Bronx. However, so I just want to do this real quick about the Knicks uh, to talk about the team that they have now and the way that they're playing. They've won like seven games in a row, and it's just good to see the New York Knicks doing well. That's that's the only reason why I wanted to, to do this particular segment on them, because I think it's good for the NBA if the New York Knicks are in the playoffs and are relevant. You know, the New York Knicks, the last time they won a championship was back in 1973, folks. 1973. I mean, back then, you know, that's that's when they had games on tape delay. You know, that shows you how old I am. Uh, The championship games on tape uh, tape delay. But they had guys, iconic guys, you know, like Walt Frazier on that team. Jerry Lucas, Bill Bradley. You know, went on to go with Senator Bill Bradley, Earl the Pearl Monroe, Dave DeBusher, Phil Jackson, Willis Reed. I mean, they had a squad back then. But what happened between 1973 
And now the New York Knicks haven't won anything. They haven't won any championships. The last time they actually was in the finals was in 1993-1994. And that and they had good players on that team as well. You know, that was back when the Knicks were really, you know, balling, going up against, you know, you got the Bulls, the Pistons, and Philadelphia. You know, basketball was like really rough and tough back in those days. They had players like, you know, uh, obviously Patrick Ewing, Greg Anthony, Rolando Blackman. They, I mean, they had they had a squad. Hubert Davis, you know, the 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 assassin from three point range. Anthony Mason, Charles Oakley, two enforcers. They had Doc Rivers on that team. John Starks, John Starks. Who remember that dunk, left handed dunk he had over? I know it's Scottie Pippen. May have been Michael Jordan too. So they they've had good players, but they haven't been able to put put things together. And, and and they have a, a, a owner and in, in, in Dolan who's a who's kind of a nut job, but now the 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 New York Knicks are playing very well. As a, as I mentioned, they've won seven games in a row. The latest game was a one hundred nine to ninety seven victory this past Tuesday against the Charlotte Hornets, and they they you know that particular team Julius Randle, I mentioned this in my last episode. He's he's a legitimate All Star legitimate all-star he didn't have a particularly great game against charlotte he was only five out of 16 16 points but you know a guy like reggie bullock who was a three-point assassin himself five out of 12 from three-piece land 16 points uh rj barrett played 40 minutes eight out of 17 he was six of 11 from three-piece land for 24 points you know they got a nice little squad and then you have derrick rose coming off the bench who again, Clippers fans, I'll get with the Clippers in a second here, but that's the guy earlier in the year as a point guard. I was hoping that the Clippers traded for. They ended up with uh, Rajon Rondo, which is uh, not bad at all. But Derrick Rose has been balling since he's been with New York, man. In this game against Charlotte, 8 out of 12 from the field. Only 1 out of 4 from three-piece lane. He's not the best three-point shooter out there, but he's certainly not the worst. He had five assists, 17 points. And Emmanuel Quickly is another uh, good young player for the Knicks. He was five out of nine, four out of seven from three piece of land for 17 points. So I say all that to say that the Knicks, it's just nice to see them doing well. They are 32 and 27, and I believe they are fourth in the Eastern Conference as far as those standings go. So they are going to make the playoffs. Now, how far they get, who knows? You know, the Brooklyn Nets. They are a team that's kind of fractured right now. Now, I don't think, of course, if Brooklyn had their whole team, you know, with the big three, Kyrie, James Harden, Kevin Durant, blah, 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 blah. If they're all playing together, the Knicks won't beat them in a seven-game series. I think we all know that. But what if they only had one of those three playing? You know, the Knicks would have a puncher's chance. You know, they have some very, very good players on that team. Uh, Philadelphia, I don't think the Knicks would beat in a seven-game series, neither do I think uh, they would beat Milwaukee. But again, it's just good to see that team playing well. And, you know, what is it about the Knicks that, you know, they haven't won in so long, but, you know, people are still sort of not mesmerized by them, but they just they still get a whole lot of press. And, and, and one of the reasons why is they have the highest value as far as per team, as far as what they're worth, their net worth in the NBA. 
the New York Knicks are worth, their value is like $5 billion. B, $5 billion. You know, they play in the iconic Madison Square Garden. You can't get no better than that. Iconic. That's probably the most iconic arena in the whole United States. And just as a um, something very interesting here, when I did a little research, the actual uh, second highest value team is the Golden State Warriors. I was kind of surprised by that. Uh, their value is $4.7 billion, maybe because they play in San Francisco. And the Lakers come in at number three at $4.6 billion. And um, and if you want to know the, the, the last place team as far as valuation, I just, obviously I had to look this up. The Memphis Grizzlies, poor Memphis, they're only worth $1.3 That goes to show you how valuable the NBA is when the 30th ranked team as far as net value is $1.3 billion. But anyway, going back to the Knicks, again, it's good to see them playing well. Uh, we'll see what you know how they do in the uh, in the playoffs. I know they're going to get a lot of uh, obviously TV coverage. Well, all the NBA playoff teams are going to get TV coverage, but the Knicks, you know, as far as like Sports Center and you know all of the other highlight sports highlight shows, the Knicks always get extra attention. You know whether they're winning or losing. You know that's like Stephen A. Smith's favorite team. So you know ESPN is going to be all over the New York Knicks. So kind of wish the uh, New York Knicks a little luck when the playoffs start. Uh, again, it's really, really good to see them doing well. In my last and final segment, uh, last but certainly not least, I will talk about the team who I think is the best team in the Western Conference as of right now. And that is the L.A. Clippers, the Clip joint Clipper Nation. last segment the LA Clippers as I mentioned just uh, a moment ago I think this is the team the best team in the Western Conference at this point now of course that can change you know LeBron James and Anthony Davis comes back we'll see how how they mesh when they come back and especially of course when the playoffs start and see how they're playing and whether they are you know overtake the Clippers or not uh, the Phoenix Suns, and again, I don't think they're as good as the Clippers, nor do I think the Utah Jazz are as good as the Clippers. And, of course, neither is the Denver Nuggets. So right now, in my opinion, the Clippers are playing the best basketball in the Western Conference. The only concern that I have about the Clippers right now is uh, the health of Kawhi Leonard. Now, in the game against Minnesota this past Sunday, a 124-105 victory, uh, Kawhi played in that particular game, uh, led the team in rebounds with 11. Paul George led them in scoring with 23. But in the recent game against Portland this week, this past Tuesday, uh, Kawhi Leonard did not play in that game. A 113-112 squeaker over the Portland Trailblazers. Now, again, Terrence Mann uh, started in place of uh, Kawhi Leonard, and he scored seven points. Um, but, again, Kawhi not playing in that game. Is it like load management? I know he's been dinged up uh, with a, uh, a lower body type of injury, but maybe they're just saving him a little bit, resting him a little bit. You know, maybe every other game, uh, Paul George, you know, may or may not play 
load management type deal. I don't have a problem with that. It's only, again, 14 or so games left in the season. Why take a chance on uh, overloading these guys when, uh, you know, as far as the Clippers go, they're 41 and 19. As I mentioned, they're they're, uh, third in the Western Conference. I don't think they're going to overtake Phoenix uh, up to the second seed. And I don't think they really have to because I don't think Phoenix is a threat to the Clippers at all. But uh, we'll see. We'll see when the playoffs start. Paul George against these uh, Portland Trail Blazers was 13 out of 22. Again, he is continuing to play very, very good basketball. 33 points for Paul George. He continues to light it up. Two of eight from three-piece land he was in this particular game. But he did have 11 rebounds and uh, three assists. Very, very good game for Paul George. Again, he has been on fire like the last, I would say, dozen or so games. He's been one of the best players in the game these last dozen or so games. So you have to get a guy credit. Again, he's on he's on a mission. He's focused. You know, he's ready to go. He's ready for these playoffs to start right now. He's probably wishing that they run into the Denver Nuggets somewhere down the line to get some revenge from last year in the bubble playoffs, of course. So we'll see how that shakes out. Reggie Jackson, who's also been on fire, had a pedestrian game against Portland, only nine points. But he did have six assists. And most importantly, he did not have any turnovers. And and as I've been saying, you know, I welcome the addition of uh, Rajon Rondo. But it seems like since Rondo has been on the squad, it has lit a fire under uh, Reggie Jackson, man. He's been balling since then, ever since Rondo joined this team. So, this is maybe a message that, that Reggie Jackson is trying to send to the Clipper brass. Uh, more importantly, Ty Lue say, hey, maybe I'm the guy. Okay, I am the, the, the point guard that needs to be starting and getting plenty of minutes when the playoffs start. Pat Beverly is still out. And, you know, when he comes back, it's going to be a tough decision that Ty Lue is going to have to make between Reggie Jackson uh, Pat Bev and Rajon Rondo. I do believe that they got Rondo in there to, to uh, help close games out. I still think that's going to happen. But as far as who's going to get the majority of the minutes uh, throughout the rest of the game, uh, right now it's looking like it may be Reggie Jackson and Pat Bev may be the guy, not necessarily the odd man out, but they may just bring him in for defensive purposes for some stretches, especially depending on matchups. But Right now, Reggie Jackson and Rajon Rondo seems to be the two that are going to get the bulk of the point guard minutes. Uh, Marcus Morris Sr., pretty good game. Six out of 14 from the field. Two of eight from three-piece land. He's also been playing very, very well. 16 points he scored. And again, my man Zubats, who I always say he's he's five of seven, six of eight. Uh, his field goal percentage is very high. He was five of nine in this particular game, scored 10 points. That's pretty good. And uh, they still have a Baca uh, that's nursing his back injury. And I'm assuming he's going to be back for the playoffs. And when they get him back, you know, just look out, man. He, you know, he's still got DeMarcus Cousins who signed a second 10-day contract. He was four out of six in this game against Portland for 11 points. And Rondo, the aforementioned Rondo, uh, three out of seven uh, from the field, seven assists. So they got Rondo in there for seven assists. He had a sweet pass, too, to Paul George on the, on the baseline. Like, that was a nice dime, little dime piece. And uh, he scored nine points. I'm not going to say anything about Luke Kennard other than the fact that he scored seven points. Pretty good, though, three out of seven from the field. Only one of five from three-piece land. But uh, if he's going to be a factor in the playoffs, 
of course, he's going to be he's going to have to play a little better than that. But I really don't think they're going to have a role for Luke Kennard come playoff time. But as far as the Clippers go, the the rest of the year, uh, again, it's only 14 or so games left in the season. Next up is uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, as a matter of fact, they played them tonight as I'm recording uh, this particular episode. Memphis Grizzlies, they should take care of them. Then they have, they go to Houston. They should take care of Houston as well. And then they have um, Zion. They go into New Orleans. Zion Williamson and that squad. The the, the team, I'm going to start calling them the choke artists, man. They blow leads like it's nobody's business. But one of the uh, games that uh, Clipper fans are going to look forward to is Wednesday, April 28th against the Phoenix Suns. That's going to be a game that a lot of Clippers fans are going to be interested in. Now, I did mention that, you know, the Clippers may not be able to catch the Suns, but they are, they're actually only a game and a half behind them. The Clippers are 41 and 19. The Suns are 41 and 16. So basically the Suns have three games in hand and uh, we don't know what the Suns are going to do in those games, but it's a possibility. It's a possibility if the Clippers continue to stay hot and maybe the Suns fall off a little bit. It's a possibility that the Clippers can move up to the number two seed in the West, right behind the Utah Jazz. They're three games behind the Jazz. Now, if they catch the Jazz, and I know the Clippers are doing something. I don't think that's going to happen, but you never know with, with around 14 games left. So the Clippers are in really, really good shape, um, you know, coming down the stretch here, uh, leading to the playoffs. And um, as I've always been mentioning, I'm ready for that that series, that I-5 series, Staples Center series, Lakers, Clippers, all day long. I wrote a blog um, about the Clippers and the Lakers on my website. You can go to LARaysports.com slash blog and uh, take a look at the article I wrote about the Clippers and the Lakers uh, regarding the fact that I still think they're going to meet up in the Western Conference Finals, uh, bar none. It's going to happen, whether it's the finals or not or I should say the finals, or just meeting up in the playoffs, in the Western Conference playoffs, period. And they're going to meet for the first time ever in the playoffs. And that's just going to be a riveting, riveting uh, playoff series. Again, you can find that at laraceports.com slash blog. And with that, sports fans, NBA fans, especially my peeps in LA, I'm going to leave it right there. I'd like to thank you all for listening. And uh, especially like to thank the Basketball Podcast Network for putting this show on. And you can find this podcast on any of the podcast platforms that you use, whether it's Spotify, whether it's uh, Apple, whether it's uh, all of them, uh, iTunes, there's like five or six of them, Um, Stitcher, wherever it is, wherever you get your podcast, you can find LA Courtside and make sure you Uh, comment, rate, and review. And again, with that, make sure you're all masked up as we are still in this COVID environment. Make sure you wash your hands thoroughly every day, all day long, and keep six-foot social distancing. And seriously, consider getting the vaccination, folks, so we can get rid of this nasty COVID virus. With that, again, thank you all for listening. This is L.A. Ray signing off. Until the next episode, peace.